What's up, ladies and gentlemen? We're back for a special Euro edition of On the Pitch Pod. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Leo. Leo, match week one, down in the books, right? Yeah, we're done with match week one. We are looking ahead to match week two. We only had two games today. We had uh, probably the best game of the tournament. I mean, the group of the death. The group of death group played of death. today. Group of the death. Uh, <laughs> the big matchup, I should say, played today. The, the game of the tournament so far was definitely the Netherlands-Ukraine game, but the eye-popping game that we all wanted to see today, France-Germany went down. And, uh, yeah, overall, there were some really good goals. A lot of... A lot of goals being scored, which I liked. There wasn't too many low-scoring games. You only had one 0-0 draw, which is always something that we like to see. So it was a very exciting opening weekend, a scary opening weekend. Um, and, yeah, I'm just really excited to get this going and see how our futures win because uh, our futures off to a good start. All of our futures off to a good start. All three of our teams won, so I really like to see that. And, yeah, I guess we could start with Erickson real quick before we hop into the podcast today. If you don't follow us on Twitter on the Pitch Pod, please go ahead and give us a follow. We really appreciate all of our followers and listeners out there. So please feel free to give us that follow, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, uh, on the Pitch Pod at on the Pitch Pod. Uh, Christian Erickson, man, tragedy. I'm glad he's okay. We've got some better news now that a few days have passed. It was a really scary 90 minutes, two hours, three hours there when it happens. Uh, I was at a trial all day. I didn't see anything. I didn't watch the game. And people were talking about on the sidelines, like dads were talking about, oh, this this guy collapsed on the field. This They, they were doing CPR. And I had to like ask somebody about it. I'm like, what are you talking about? Grabbed my phone, went and checked it, saw the video. I was in the Euro group chat we're in. was blowing up. People were like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And it was one of those things that there were no jokes being made, you know, like it was it was it was genuinely serious out everywhere I looked, so that's when I got a little concerned. Thank God now he's recovering well. Um, but yeah, that was really scary, man. That shows you how precious life is, how quick things can change, and and how how even it happens to these crazy athletes like soccer players. Christian Eriksen's in the best of shape, and he you know he thought he was probably in great health, and something like this just sneak up on him. Yeah, so he suffered from cardiac arrest. Obviously, very scary moment. Um, apparently he was dead on the field. The defibrillator brought him back to life. Um, so kudos to the training staff. Kudos to the Denmark players. Kudos to the captain. Yeah. They all uh, did their job. They all, um, you know, were brave enough to deal with that in the eyes of the entire world. So they did a really good job with dealing with the tough situation. Um, unfortunately, they decided to play the game. Or I saw some weird talk about how UEFA might have made them play the game but I don't know if that's true or not I saw someone made a comment about that but if that's true that's pretty uh tough look for UEFA and yeah that that game just should have been postponed I don't know how you could expect right people to have their heads clear to play a very important game the the pressure of that yeah the pressure of that scenario is already through the roof and then you look at you know the player of the of the decade for Denmark, the guy that you know everybody looks up to is Christian Eriksen, and, and he's dead on the field. And they also shame on BBC or whatever. It was all tied into one feed, but not panning back to the to the to the studio or putting an aerial shot up was was terrible. Saw the 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 replays, and there's you know his feet are twitching on the field there as they're CPR and doing the AED, and it's. Yeah, it was, it's got to be better. Look. It's got to be better. Yeah, That's you could literally see the crying wife CPR on yeah. the field, and yeah, just something you don't want to 
see on live television. So we're very happy he's okay. Yeah. Um, very good Speedy player. recovery, Chris. And uh, hopefully hopefully he's back out there soon. Um, I don't really know where he's going to go from here. Cardiac arrest, I, I don't really know how that works for someone at this young of an age. So hopefully we see him back out there. And, uh, yeah, we're very happy to see that he's doing a lot better and he's in a stable condition. So prayers out for him and his family. And hopefully uh, hopefully this isn't the end for him. And hopefully he can come back and make a good return. But I, I'd assume his tournament's probably done, unfortunately. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, Denmark had a really good squad, too. So it, it's a shame to see that all happen uh, in the first match day. So uh, we're going to start. We're going to go into today's game. We had the France-Germany game. Um, one nothing game. I thought Germany played pretty well. They possessed the ball. I thought a lot better than France. But France, when they got the ball, oh man, they they got the ball and Kylian Mbappe looked like he was Usain Bolt out there. <laughs> yeah, that that run where he passed Hummels, he was a solid ten to fifteen yards behind him, and his legs were like a cartoon character. He looked like the Road Runner, just flying by Hummels. Um, and that honestly, that's kind of how it's always been with France it seems like the way they want to play or this the way they've grown comfortable in playing is uh winning the ball back deep in their own half and then breaking really quickly forward especially adding Kareem Benzema into the lineup he's a great counter-attacking footballer he's very quick you put Mbappe next to him and that let Conte win the ball back and Pogba was playing beautiful passes all over the field today that's that's a game plan I think that they can carry going forward at least against these bigger teams when they play in Germany or they play um Portugal in their group they they should feel comfortable sitting back and, and counterattacking, uh, especially with how you know they had two goals called for offsides. They looked very dangerous. Yeah, they had two goals called offsides. Mbappe scored a nasty offsides Beautiful. goal. That was Beautiful. unbelievable goal. Great technique. Unfortunate that call, called back. Germany did have some chances to equalize. Nabri uh, just kind of mishit the volley there. He hit it over. Um, but overall, I, I think one of the big talking points with this Germany squad is where are the goals going to come from? They don't, uh, I mean, they have nines, they have Timo, but like he's not in form. He's not someone that you could rely on in a big game like this to go out and get a goal as we've seen just his entire season. So in, in regards to that, they have one of the best midfields, Goretzka, Kimmich. They they got the guys in the midfield. They, they got started Gunigan today. Yeah, they got Gunigan in the midfield and they got good center backs. They got Neuer goal, but... Going forward, I, I'm not sure where the goals are going to come from. You know nabri has got class. Uh, you know Havertz has class, but Havertz didn't have the greatest of seasons either. He started to pick it up there towards the end. But I think the big concern for Germany going forward, and especially playing Portugal this next match, they could quickly see themselves out of it. they got to get three points. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to be gotta with be, one point. At least point. be a draw. Yeah, yeah you four dro- points is the minimum. Right. You you drop this game and you, you go down and you don't have a win going into that third match day. You're really hoping for a lot of things to happen. So hopefully they can get back on track. But I just, I'm not sure that it's going to happen. I just, I think that them and Spain going forward, looking at these other big dogs, I, I don't think they can match up with these other big dogs on the attack. Right. Uh, the only thing I'm wondering is maybe with this national team, does it kind of restore some of Timo's confidence that he lacked on Chelsea? Uh, but that's a big if. They played without a true nine. They played, you know, Havertz and, and, and Nabry and Muller up top. And, 
you're right. Where are those goals going to come from? Thomas Mueller's got to have a really big tournament. He's back in the squad. He's got to be the guy that shows that experience. And him and Tony Kroos help break break teams down because they don't have that true number nine unless they put Timo in or maybe like a Kevin Volans. Um, but he's you know he's not you not know, someone you could count on. Someone to write home about. There is options like Leroy Sané came in late, but you know it's he's just, not a nine. He's, right, he's out wide. So. I don't know. They played a kind of Matt Hummels again. He made up for his mistake. Got to give him props for that tackle he put in on Mbappe. That was a beautiful tackle. Um, and he's you know making his return to the Spain, the Germany squad. This was a really tough matchup for day one. Really tough. Really tough to get France in the first game of the tourney, and even tougher to get Portugal coming off a three nil win in the second game of the tourney. But not to be like that guy. But at this point, if you're Honestly, if from the start of the tournament, they should have been thinking about this, just in, think about all scenarios. But how do you get that third spot, right? There's those extra wild card spots at play. Yep. One point, three points, probably not going to get you that spot. You need four points. And even if you don't go through, maybe on goal differential, you might sneak in with four points in that third spot. You're not going to do that unless you get a point at Portugal this week. You need a win or a draw. You know what I'm saying? Three points isn't going to do it. Um, and this is kind of the group that that, that that spot is made for. Three top heavy hitter teams. You expect all three of them to go through. but Yeah, we'll, we'll see. A lot of question marks. Like you said, Muller got to have a big tournament. He scored a lot of goals for Germany. He, he's he got plenty of goals for Germany, yeah. but he's kind of evolved into that 10 role. He's not someone that no. plays in that 9 role for Bayern anymore. He kind of plays more as a cam, Definitely. and that's really suited him over the this stage of his career. So. It's just, uh, I don't know. I don't know who you can count on. Um, going back to France, I thought very professional performance. They put in a performance that looked like a team that's uh, going to make a deep run. And, yeah, overall, uh, Pogba plays out of his mind when he plays on the national team. And Golo Kante, best defensive midfielder in the world right now. He put in another master class. And then you just look at the team overall and going up top with Griezmann playing out wide instead of playing up top and having Benzema up there. I, Griezmann, I thought, looked pretty good out wide as well. So they look, they look like a, a team that's going to make a run as we all expected. And, yeah, for our future, I, I really like where they're sitting. That was... Uh, necessary three points basically a home game for Germany it was in Munich it was at the uh, Allianz Arena so to go in there uh, obviously not near full capacity but a tough environment to play in and get three points Uh, you like what you see and going forward uh, they could wrap things up really quick they got Hungary who didn't look like a slouch today no they played Uh, really well we'll go into that game now Hungary looked very good against mm-hmm. Portugal. They gave them a run for their money. They gave Portugal a scare. They got a goal that was very closely uh, off sides. And right. they they had a lot of energy going forward. They had mm-hmm. a lot of energy defending as well. They were closing guys out. Guys were flying all over the place. So they got a high motor. They got a lot of confidence going into this tournament. And hopefully that doesn't dwindle with the unfortunate last 10 minutes. Right, yeah, they made it 84 strong minutes, and I when that goal went in, uh, you know, he kind of looked a little offsides, but you couldn't be sure, and you cut it back to his left foot and buried it. I was like, oh my god, it happened, it happened, it happened. This is why you love the Euros, and then gets called back, and they kind of that Rafa Rafa Guerrero goal went in in the 84th minute, and the the, the win went out of their sails. Ronaldo buried the penalty. It was an iffy call. I don't know if I would have given it. I'm a center back though, so it's different. <laughs> Uh, Rafa Marquez goes down what seems kind of soft in the box and Ronaldo does what he does and then the third goal was was pure class by him what you expect him to do 
But the captain for Hungary, I'm blanking on his name. I thought he put in a really good performance. He led the team well. Uh, Adam Salai up top, the number nine. And the, those guys, just they just worked their ass off. You know, They didn't get super high team ratings in the thing I'm looking at, but they just ran and ran and ran. That's what you got to do in those games, especially against a team like Portugal. That over looked like it was cooked, and then all of a sudden they put three in on you like it's nothing. Yeah, the overhead plus odds was uh, something I was eyeing. I decided to stay away from it. I think it was plus uh, 130, and obviously that smacked somehow, some way. But Portugal uh, were having a tough time breaking they down were. for most of the game, too. Um, they did have some opportunities, but overall I thought Hungary was very organized defensively. Really put a lot of pressure on Portugal, and it took basically a, a little deflection goal to really get the horses going, really get the guys going. Um, looking at their lineup, I thought I thought Yota did play well. I thought he could have passed the ball a little more. I thought um, overall he was holding on to the ball a little bit too long, but I thought he looked like their most dangerous player up top. He got a couple of chances, a couple of nice saves from the Hungary goalie. Um, Ronaldo... I thought for large parts of the quiet. game it was kind of quiet. Yeah. Didn't get a whole lot of touches for most of the game, which is very interesting to see. Missed a sitter. Um, yeah, he missed a sitter. Um, looked like a human with that one. Yeah. Very unfortunate for a bad if anyone took that. That Portugal first half money line. Um, when the ball got played in and I saw Ronaldo was right there, I was like, this is it. And he looked like a human for the first time in who knows how long. So unfortunate for all of us that took that Portugal first half money line. But... Going forward, a very big three points and a very big three goals, as Patrick was talking about with those extra spots. That's going to be huge for goal differential. And, uh, yeah. Good now for they, our future. Good for the future. Didn't we take that? We yeah. took a Portugal most team goals, most team goals yes. which was looking very rough, especially given how Italy and Belgium bagged three along with the Netherlands. So very necessary for that bet. So we're, we're right on pace for that one. Um, um, Joao Felix, Joao Felix didn't even see the field today. So did not see the field. Very again, interesting. right? It's very interesting. Uh, Fernando, Fernand Chanto. I'm trying to say it like the Portuguese say, Bruno Fernandes, Diogo Jota, uh, Nuno Mendes. Um, yeah, those he didn't even see the field. It's the same with France. They had Usman Dembele didn't even see the field. I believe these teams are so deep. These big dogs, especially mm-hmm. going forward, like you're. We're mentioning it with Germany. Like, you look at Germany's bench, Leroy Sané, yeah, that's one. But these other teams got guys on top of guys that just can come in, come into the game. Andre Silva had the most goals in a single season for Frank. He scored, like, 28 goals for Frankfurt this year. Mm-hmm. You know, and that got Luka Jovic a $100 million contract at Real Madrid. It didn't get Andre Silva a start with the Portuguese national team. So Yeah, Ronaldo Sanchez came off the bench, too. He put in a really good... Uh, season over in France this year so they are a very deep team um I expect to see some lineup changes though going into this next game against Germany I think uh Joao does see the field um I I think he create gives more creativity up top um obviously we know everyone else has that creative ability but I'd like to see him maybe um up top along with Ronaldo maybe playing wide but we'll see I don't know Ronaldo's grown into that nine role with Portugal, so I'd imagine he's going to stick with that. But something that I wouldn't mind seeing because Ronaldo's still quick as ever. And uh, I thought Bruno could have played a little bit better. He had a really good shot on goal there in like the 65th minute, put a good save on a Hungary goalie. But overall, I think uh, they just got to find those gaps a little more, maybe play a little, a little bit quicker. But uh, there's going to be those gaps going against Germany because we know how important this game against Germany is. 
I know that these you know managers have their philosophies and their styles, and they play a four three three. It's what they've done forever. But I wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of the like the four, like one two one two that that Manchester United kind of runs with a tighter midfield, and then two up top. You put Joao Felix Ronaldo and then Bruno Fernandez right underneath, kind of what he's used to playing at Manchester United a little bit. I know they switched when Cavani got there and they had the true number nine, but could be interesting. And then it kind of takes Bernardo Silva out of the game unless you put him in the midfield. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to continue to watch Portugal, especially with their next game coming up. They got Germany next. Um, they got, uh, yeah, they got Germany next. Sad we got to wait until probably Saturday or Sunday for that game. But um, I, Fine by me. It'll be easier to watch. It'll be easier to watch. They'll be well-rested, hopefully. And this is the group of death, man. Those three, those three goals are crucial for, for, for this group, for sure. Hungary, hopefully they go out and they give France a good game next week. They, I hope they don't put their heads down. I hope they realize what a good performance they put in. It's just this, this is just a game of inches, man. It was unlucky and I think, got to bounce I think, back. Uh, hopefully, they, yeah, like Pat said, they just shake this off because they did put in a very good performance today. They came in with a lot of confidence and... Uh, hopefully that doesn't dwindle, and hopefully we get another good performance against France. But I think uh, there might be a little bit outmatched here. I, I think uh, I think France gets their job done. I think uh, they know how important this game is to wrap things up and solidify their spot uh, into the knockout stage. So I unfortunately don't think Hungary is going to get the job done, but it's going to be an interesting game for sure. Yeah. Yeah, going back to yesterday. Yeah, working backwards. We're going to work backwards here. Spain, Sweden. Um, the game I expected, I took the under in that game. Um, I got talked into taking a first-half money line by a friend. I should have just stuck to my gut and took the under. Um, the under did hit. We had a little bit more units on that. Um, but we talked about it last week on the pod. We don't know where the goals are going to come from. And I think Spain and Germany are going to hurt this tournament. They just don't have the attacking prowesses of these other teams. And Spain, you look at Spain and it's even more hurt than what Germany has going up front. Avar Morata, he's okay. He's not. Yeah. But he's he's just okay. He's Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I'm not, not going to slander okay. the guy that's been transferred between top club after top club after top club. They just he keep buying good him back. good for Juve. Right. But I've never really been convinced by him. And looking at that front three of like Ferran Torres, Morata, and like Danny Olmo, that's that's not gonna get the job nothing, done, man. Nothing's popping off the nothing's popping off the list. And the then list. further back the field, you got Koke and Rodri, who are very def- like defensive minded players. They've done what they've done forever. And Pedri, who's what 18, 19, playing as like the third midfielder. I don't know, man. Ferran Torres. Ferran Torres was good at Valencia. He wasn't great, but Pep saw how he could fit into the system, and he worked well on a great team at Manchester City. But he didn't play in the Champions League final. You know, he was, he was, he was definitely a secondary player. He still got a lot of room to grow. I think Gerard Moreno has to start next game. He had a great season for Villarreal. He's coming off a Europa League win. Maybe bring Adama Traore in to change it up, bring some pace. Like at least give yourself an option to break out on the counter when you're, you know, so tight. They play. In such tight spaces, he's a game changer. You can you can you can game plan for Spain, and that's exactly what Sweden did. They played a zero zero draw. It's tough to game plan for Adama Traore, right? Along with Spain, uh, he just kind of changes things up, get, throws something different at you, and and random you know balls just might bounce his way. Like how Mbappe just cooked Hummels today. He made a great tackle, but Traore has that capability just running by people, and I think this is a team that could use a. Uh, 
a little a little change up at pace. Yeah, I'd I'd like to see the whole front three changed up. Um, I thought uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Yar, I'm just gonna say a Yarzabal. Oh, Yarzabal. Yeah, I guess I was close. Yeah. Okay, I, I thought there might have been a Yarth or Yarthabal. Or <laughs> Yarthabal. Um, but I guess it's not. I guess it's how I thought it was. Or Yarthabal. Yar, Yarzabal. I thought he could have played a little bit more. He had a great season as well. So, uh, they got question marks. Um, Sweden, no slouch. But we come into this game against Poland coming up. Poland, they know how important Tough that game loss, is. Yeah. And I think Poland's got a really strong side this year. Um, I liked what they got. Um, just given like recent squads that they've had, I think this is one of the better squads that they've had in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Very unfortunate. We'll, we'll go right into that one. Um, Krakowiak, just Foolish, dumb. Yeah. Just dumb. From La- a veteran, too. Laps of, uh, laps of mental. Um, just unfortunate. Poor I don't know judgment. What yeah, poor judgment. To be... Yeah, it was – I thought uh, Poland played – you know, they had a lot of chances. The guy uh, – who scored the first goal? I can't remember his name. I guess what Chesney got an own goal for it. Um, but he, he he made the mag on the right wing and then cut it inside, beat him near post, goes down 1-0. Poland draws back to make it 1-1. Uh, and then Milan Skriniar with the great – he looks like a number nine up in yeah, the box. that was an unbelievable volley. Volley into the bottom corner. Went off in the corner and celebrated. But, again, Krakowiak, he made the tactical foul in the first half, pulling the guy back. It was a very light tug, but that's just how the modern game is. I understand that you don't want to let the counterattack go. But then you got to realize you got to play the rest of the game on a yellow card. And he went in late, and he stepped on the t- – clearly it was another yellow. Didn't argue it. He walked off the field and – you know, that's a good midfield. Krikoviak, Mateusz Klik, and Linetti was all over the field. He got the goal. He scored the first, uh, the equalizer. The the It was like a little cross across the six, and he hit it far post. He was all over the place. Was that the goal where he, he kicked it he, off his right he foot? He double-touched it, yeah. You you probably won't see that again for a very He kind of like time. scooped it into the corner. He, uh, yeah. he kicks it with his left foot. It hits his plant foot, and then his follow-through somehow magically still ends up in the back of the net. Yeah. So you don't really see that too often, but, um, you know, he got a little more luck than Timo did in that Champions League final. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, I thought Lewandowski played pretty good. Um, you know that he's got to be the guy that gets right. him he's going. Gotta, yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll see what they can do against Spain. I think that's going to be one of the most important games coming up in this group stage is this Poland-Spain game. Both teams desperate for points. Um, and, yeah, for Slovakia, exactly what you want. Exactly. Exactly what you want. Um, Played they, well. They're going against Sweden. Yeah. And, I mean, if, if Slovakia puts in a performance and they get three points, I think three points guarantees them a spot in the knockout stages. Uh, six points then they'll have. Sweden and Spain got one. Um and it's Spain, Poland next. You said Spain, Poland next. I think. Uh, I think yeah. if Slovakia gets these three points against Sweden, I think they guarantee themselves a spot in the knockout stage, um, like mathematically. So going in for them, a very important game, and obviously for Sweden, you don't want to be coming into that last game against Poland. So for every team in this group, it's uh, it's up for grabs. They know how important it is, especially with Spain dropping points on the opening match day, who's obviously the big dog in that group. So it's a very open group, and it'll give Slovakia a lot of confidence seeing that Spain couldn't bag any goals. So uh, I like Slovakia's look. I thought they looked uh, for large parts yeah. of the game. I thought they might have even looked like the better team. So good for them, and I, I'd like to see what they can do going forward. 
Yeah, they got Mark Hamsik. He's been there forever, former Napoli player, now playing in Sweden. And they got, obviously, one of the best young center backs in the world in Skriniar. And then Martin Dubravka, a Premier League guy, playing in net. So they got some players in the lineup. They just got to keep the momentum going. This this tournament's all about riding the highs and minimizing the lows. You know, I've seen Iceland make it as far as Iceland made it, uh, just kind of riding the wave. So hopefully Slovakia can do the same. Um I'm, yeah, I, I, they gotta get they gotta get a big three points, but it's gonna it's gonna be tough nonetheless because you know Poland and Lewandowski's not gonna go down without a fight. Um, Sweden's no slouch either; they just pulled out a draw against Spain. So this is a t- I think this will be a closer group than we originally thought. Yeah, definitely, especially now that Poland dropped points. So I thought it was gonna be Spain and Poland. Now we don't know who's going where, so something to keep an eye on. We'll, we'll move along. Unfortunately, I only caught a little bit of the Czech Republic. And Scotland, and I gotta say, I was very disappointed in the Scots. Yeah. Um, Kieran Tierney did not feature. He got hurt in the warm-ups, unfortunately. He was um, in my big, lineup. He was in hurt. my lineup as hurt. well. Um, me and Pat are doing a Euro 2020 fantasy league. So unfortunately for the two of us, we got a zero points because I guess you can't switch them out or something. I don't know. I was a little confused by the rules, but yeah, he's out. I don't know if he, apparently he's doubtful for this upcoming match. And uh, I was just expecting more from Scotland. I thought they have some quality players, obviously not as much as some of these other teams, but the Czech Republic, I thought they could have matched up pretty well against. Um, You know how important it is for the Scots to be playing on this stage, how important it is for these players. You've seen it time and time again in their qualifying matches, how much energy they put into it, how much emotion they put into it. And I really really thought they were going to put in a, a good performance, and it ended up being a dud. I thought the Czech Republic... For the most part, dominated the match. Um, it was Scotland's Shout first out major Patrick tournament Schick, man. in like twenty years. Yeah. Shout out Patrick Schick, goal of the tournament. Um, I I'm that was just, unbelievable. I'm chalking it in. It's it was unbelievable, man. It yeah, was unbelievable. That's, that's the best goal we'll see. Someone's gonna have to score a crazy Ronaldo, a Gareth Bale bike to top it off for me. If you didn't see it, he uh, saw the goalie was out and. David uh, David Marshall was in goal, and he he even knew. He just put his head down and started booking it, like the replay. And they did the the tracker like they do in football, uh, and he ran 54 yards, dead sprint back to his own goal, and the ball started way out of the post and just kind of curled right in and dropped in like a four-pointer from the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> it was crazy, man. Yeah, that was the, the farthest goal, I think, since like the 80s in the major tournament. So 54 yards out. That's no joke, and like Patrick said, he just put his head down and... <laughs> it was crazy, man. It was like he had been planning on that, like, the whole <laughs> game. Like, he, he noticed something with the Scotland goalie, because right when that ball was there, it was like, his eyes lit up. He's like, oh, this is it. Yeah. Like, this is my moment. And like, I'm not sure if he's right or left-footed. Um, I, he's got to be left-footed. There's no way, there's was, no way he scores He's a lefty. He's a lefty. He's if a lefty. he scored that with his weak foot, Holy someone... Cow. He's going, Someone give him the Puskas right Yeah, he's now. going to Madrid, bro. Uh, yeah, two goals. And, uh, bag, to, bag to brace for Leverkusen. Or not for Leverkusen. He plays for Leverkusen. Bag to brace. Um, and that's a huge win against Scotland. They needed that for sure. Uh, a lot of people were sleeping on the Czech Republic. There's not much in the lineup that really gets you out of bed. Thomas Suchek in the middle thought he played really well. Alex Kral and then Sufal uh, at right back are some names you might know. But other than that, they 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 uh they took it to Scotland and Scotland didn't Scotland wasn't ready to play. Yeah, and <clears throat> like I've been saying with all these teams, <clears throat> sorry. 
I'm, I mean, every game is important right now. And right, 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 right. I, I might as well just stop saying it. So I'm just going to say every game is important. They got the Croatians coming up. An old Croatian side, you saw it against England. Um, it looked a little bit slow. Um, we know that they have the class in there, but even, uh, you know, their attacking options, Prisic is 32 now, which doesn't sound too old, but then Sakir's he's getting up there. This might be his... Uh, he's probably going to be in the he World Cup He seems like squad, an old 32. I don't know. He, he's got some pace, but overall, um, they're down. Czech Republic wins. They're through. Uh, they got a really good chance of going through. Um, I think we both thought that Croatia was going to be the second team in this group, but I I mean, I, I might be betting on the Czech to get it done. I know Luka Modric is going to have other things to say about that, but... I think uh, I think I might be betting on the Czech. I thought they looked really good against Scotland, and they're just one of those teams that it seems like whenever they do end up in a major tournament, they somehow put in shifts. So I I think I'm going to be back in the Czech Republic to come out of this group. Yeah, I'm a little torn just because uh, you expect experience to prevail at some point. Um, they made it to the World Cup final. You, these guys have been there. Luka Modric has played in four Champions League finals. Mateo Kovacic has also won four Champions League finals, whether he played in them or not. Um, there's a lot of experience in this squad, but I wonder if they're like a little post-2012 you know, Spain team, like a 2016, 17, 18 Spain team that just kind of dudded with their you know aging lineup. Or do they have enough in the tank to, to beat this Czech Republic team who's got a lot of uh, momentum going forward? And seeing they, they just put in two goals on a team with, Five guys that play start in the Premier League right now, and they just went out and bagged two and took it to them. They got to be feeling real good, and like I mentioned earlier, it's it's all about riding the wave. And again, with with these smaller teams, how far can you take it, right? How far can you go before kind of your luck runs out? That's what this is, you know. Like the Poland goal, that was luck. He dealt, he triple hit it, and it went in the goal. Mats Hummels came off his shin, went in the top corner. The France beats him one nil today. So this is a game of inches. Hungary knows that. Uh, and Czech Republic, they just got to keep going, man. They, they they got a beautiful 54-yard goal, and they got to ride that as long as they can. Yeah, and post-match, you saw how much it meant to the coach and how much it meant to the players, and it, it's one of those things. It's different playing for your, your country. You, you play in these club get matches, and you know the odds are stacked against you, and things aren't probably going to work out, but you put in one good 90-minute shift, and you don't know where it's going to take you with this, you know. There's not a uh, 38-game season. Glory. It's just eternal glory. I mean, just look at the Iceland guys. Those guys are solidified in Iceland's legend, you know. And they went to, what, the quarterfinal? I mean, it's one of those things where if you just make a run, you're solidified as a legend in that country because it means so much to the people there. So I think the Czech Republic have really good chance at uh, being those guys. They looked really good, and I know it's Scotland, but... They put in another shift against Croatia. We might be looking at a team that can make a run. I forget the his name. He works. He's the Scottish guy that works for ESPN FC. He was the last guy to score a goal for Scotland at a major tournament, I believe. Craig Burley. Yes, I think that's what he said on stream. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm." He ran off to the corner. He's like, "No one else has felt that experience." That's a pretty crazy thing to say out loud. I might be uh, messing yeah, it, was, it up. It was Craig Burley. Yeah. And, uh, He's fit, he's forty nine years old and Croatia hasn't played in a major tournament. Or, Scotland, sorry, Scotland has not played in a major tournament in over twenty years. So yeah. hopefully someone breaks that streak, but the the odds are stacked against them going forward. 
Yeah, they. I mean, Kieran Tierney's a big help. I know they got Andy Robertson in there, but it gives them a, a lot of flexibility. Kieran Tierney can play that Marcelo, just kind of a left winger, left back role too. He's so good going forward. He doesn't do any step overs. He just uses those big thighs and bursts past you and whips balls into the box. That's a big loss. Yeah, um, and the, they the odds are stacked back. against them. They got, they, got, they got England. Yeah, they got so England. They got the battle that's of the a, UK. That's a charged game, though. So, again, you know, that might be a chance for them to to bounce back. England didn't have the strongest of performances. Yeah, they they're they're going to be guys they're familiar with. Where's too. that game at? That might be... Uh, it might be a Wembley. Yeah, exactly. That that would be huge. Yeah, yeah. It'll, give, it'll give those guys a boost. And, yeah, it, it's not looking too good for the Scots. England and Croatia coming up. Um, yeah, the... Yeah, it's I, at Wembley. I, I might have to chalk them. I, I think Scots are done. Okay. I, sorry, guys. I, I love my boy Andy. He's the captain of that team. Um, quick shout-out to Andy. Um, that guy, he does not stop running. Yeah. Whenever you watch a Liverpool game or a Scotland game, if, if you look at Andy Robertson, I don't know where he gets the energy for this. I mean, that guy is just sprinting up and down the field, so... I had to shout out my boy real quick, show my little bias, but my brother brought it up to me too. He's like, dang, man, Andy Robertson just, he just runs and runs and runs. So I had to put that out there. He did it respect, again. Respect, respect. He'd be a perfect guy to tell everybody about the Battle of Thermo- the Marathon or whatever, <laughs> the 26th, but he'd just send Andy Robertson. He'll get the message there <laughs> in half the time. Moving on, we got England-Croatia. We are, we did that. No. No, we didn't. We have yeah. to talk about that one. Let's do England-Croatia. Um, 8 a.m. game. Yeah. I unfortunately did not catch a single minute of this game. Did, did you manage to catch any of this game? Uh, no, I think it I was on soccer. Saturday yeah, morning. Yeah, I had soccer. At, it was yeah. Saturday morning, and uh, I was a little bit out of it. Friday night, we were uh, at our friend Griffin's house. Um, I put down a fifth of Tito's. Uh, Woo! It was, yeah, it was a little gross, so I, I did not catch any of that game, and then I golfed uh, after that game, so... Fortunately, didn't catch any of the game. I saw um, Calvin Phillips. Played really well. I, I saw the highlights. I saw people talking on Twitter. Wow. I, I guess he put in quite the shift. Yeah. Um, people were questioning why he was in the starting yeah. lineup for some reason. Just because, I guess he's because he's a lead, Leeds guy. Yeah. But apparently, he I think he was man of the match, too. So, he put in the shift. He solidified his spot in the starting lineup for the rest of this tournament, most likely. Um a guy that we weren't sure was going to start, Raheem Sterling. He gets a goal, and he played really good as well. I saw the ESPN FC guys do a little bit of analysis on him, and he was just timing his runs really well because he knows how fast he is. So he, other guys, you know, they'll, they'll start making their runs a little bit earlier. He, he was just kind of sitting back and waiting, and then once, once he saw that it was on, you, you can't catch up with it. He saw the hole, and he darted right to it, and a lot of guys – if I'm out there, because I'm, you know, I'm not Lightning McQueen. If I'm out there, I'm making that run pretty early. People are going to see me run, and they're going to catch up to me. And that's exactly what he did when he scored that goal. He kind of just sat back, waited in the midfield, and once he saw Calvin Phillips get by, he made that run, and bingo, bingo, bongo. So <laughs> he gets the job done. He bags it. Um, looking at their lineup, uh, Harry Kane, dud. Yeah, didn't play great. Harry Kane did not play great. Um People are giving them stick for missing that uh, cross. Uh, it, it's tougher than it looks, guys. It's yeah. going to happen. Shit that was happens. a tough ball in. Um, but more importantly, to get the three points, it looked really good in the first 20 minutes as well. Um, a lot of chances, and then the game kind of grew into its own. People started taking less chances. But um, Looking yeah. at the lineup, Kieran Trippier at left back. 
Yeah, that's the big question. Uh, that can't they can't be doing that. Luke Shaw just had the career, the season of his entire career. Put and... someone in that could whip balls in with their left foot. Uh, put Ben Chilwell in. Put put Luke Saka Shaw in. at left back, bro. Put someone in that you just you basically cut the field down in half for yourselves because you can't have a guy whipping the ball and he's got to cut in on his right foot every time. So I don't know what Southgate was doing there. Obviously, you know Kieran Trippier's class. But uh, you just can't play both, unfortunately. It's not, uh, you know, you can't play both. That's the way soccer is. you got to make that hard decision, and he, I, I think he's well aware of it, and he's he's going to make that tough decision, and I think Luke Shaw is going to get the start. Yeah, it, it brings up the question for me, though, looking at this lineup, is, like, do England fans watch all the Premier League games? Like, we watch all the – like, there's three in a day? Or do they just watch the Arsenal game or they just watch the Manchester United game? Because – the lack of uh, knowledge about Calvin Phillips kind of struck me as a surprise. Like, if you watched Leeds at all this year, you knew how good Calvin Phillips was. And I, I saw a video of it. Who, Calvin Phillips, what's he doing in there? Oh, Gareth, well done, mate. <laughs> it was like, didn't know about him. I just, I caught, that caught me, caught me by surprise. Um, Phil Foden, not the best game of his life, but the kid's 20, still look pretty dangerous out there. Yeah, he's, he's going to start this whole tournament. Yeah. Um, but yeah, up top, um, we'll I guess Sterling's going to start. He bagged the goal. Rashford's going to give him that spark off the bench. And if Kane, for some reason, puts in another dud, um, I, I expect Ra- maybe Rashford moves up top. A little Jack Grealish action, maybe? <laughs> I, I don't Southgate hates him, Southgate man. hates him. I sent Patrick a video of... Uh, some, I, I don't even know what the skit was from, but some guy in the background was like stretching out and stuff. And the guy that was like running the panel was like, well, What are you doing? What are you doing over there? And uh, that it was like uh, when Gareth Southgate sees Grealish put on like his warm up stuff, and I don't I don't know verbal why he meme, hates verbal him. meme verbal, verbal meme. meme me and Patrick know <laughs> what I'm talking about. I'll tweet it out. I'll tweet it out. If you're listening, tweet it out. I'm gonna tweet it out. Um, you guys can all see what I'm talking about. I I thought it was very funny, but yeah, overall, I guess um, for the most part, there's not a whole lot to change other than left back. Um, I Is don't Harry think Maguire going to play next game? I, I don't know. For, with an angle injury, I, I think. I don't think he's going to be uh, That's playing. a good partnership, though. Stones and Mings, like two big bodies, mm-hmm. left footer, right footer. I, I'm a fan of Tyrone Mings. He had a great season with Villa. And Kyle Walker and Stones on the right side seems pretty secure. Um, and I think Croatia just kind of failed to exploit anything. You know, they didn't... England, looking at these two lineups, the pace between this England squad and this, this Croatian squad is... Unbelievable. Miles. Miles apart. Miles apart. And this Scotland game is obviously going to be a higher tempo, probably a, a little bit chippier of a game. England's got to take care of business. This is a game that you got to you got to step on the gas and, and send Scotland home before they have any chance of staying. Don't let them unpack their suitcase. Got to get rid of them. Yeah, the, the last interesting thing I, I thought about the lineup was uh, he did stick with Jordan Pickford in goal. Yep. Um, I have a weird feeling... If he keeps riding Jordan Pickford, which you know you got to ride your goalie out, you've made the decision. He's Goldberg. Um, if you ride him out, I have a weird feeling uh, we might get a little Joe Hart moment at some point in this tournament. Oh, um, Jim! If you don't know what I'm talking about, I think it was against the U.S. Right? The ball went between his legs. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I got a weird feeling England fans are going to be very disappointed that Jordan Pickford is the goalie. I'd have liked to seen Dean Henderson start, but. That's maybe just me overanalyzing things. I've never been a Jordan Pickford guy, and he hurt my boys. So, 
Uh, I agree. I'm not a Jordan Pickford guy either. I think he's, he has like little arms. He's just not a big dude. I, I think he, when it comes when you're at this high of a level, unless like you saw with Keppa, a lot of Keppa made mistakes, but a lot of times the ball would just like go over Keppa's head. You know, like the ball he couldn't reach it because he's not a huge goalie. And I think when you're at this level, all, everybody's skills are relatively in the same boat. Like you know, there's better goalies than others, but you look at you know you say. Thibaut Courtois or David De Gea, they're probably similar shot stoppers, but Thibaut Courtois can cover way more Thibaut goal. Thibaut Courtois is like 6'6". Six, six. Right? You know, Donnarumma is 6'6". Six, six. Dean Henderson's a big boy. These man. are some big dudes in goal. Dean Henderson's a big boy, and he's Sam Johnstone. Even. I'm, I've also just never been a huge Pickford guy. He's, seen, <laughs> he's matured for sure at Everton. He's got a lot of experience. He's got a lot of experience with the English team. But at these major tournaments, when the the stakes are so high, especially in England, where it's more ruthless than anywhere else, the English media yeah, they were is ripping them apart for winning one nothing. Ruthless, man, it's ruthless, and every you got to play the best eleven, the best eleven. You don't, there's nothing to save it for, you know. Um, and he might think that Pickford's the best goalie for that, and there's I'm sure there's tons of you out there that that agree or disagree with me and Leo. Um, but you know that seems like uh, quicksand to me. Sinking, you know what I mean? It doesn't seem like it's uh, it's something that would keep me up at night if I was an England fan. That's all. So. Definitely. Yeah. So we'll we'll keep we'll keep trotting along. Yep. Um, we'll let's go into the game in the tournament yes. thus far. Yes. Let's go into this Netherlands Ukraine game. Oh, I hope everyone that was got an to watch this. Instant classic. I feel bad for anyone that didn't get to watch it. God, Yarmolenko has been doing it at the highest level forever. He's Shevchenko's his coach. Cuts in on his right foot. First of all, Genie Wijnaldum, all over the park. His heat map was unbelievable. He's the best player on the pitch for sure. Yeah, sad, sad to see him go, but even more sad seeing him put in that performance that he did. Yeah, and we were talking about it last week on the pod, like where are the Netherlands going to get their goals from, right? And we said Genie has to go if Netherlands goes. Luke de Jong was on the bench. They started Wout, Wout Veghorst. I, I apologize if I said that <laughs> wrong. He bags one. Bags one, which is what you need, especially... Uh, a true striker's goal, right. too. And the announcer said it best. He's like, hopefully this gives the big guy some confidence. He, he even was like, yeah, I'm not really sure where the goals come from, but if the big man scores, maybe that helps him out a little bit. Um, it was a crazy game, man. It was sweet. It was. I was watching it with my father. and Just nonstop action yeah. for both teams. Every time the, last 15 the minutes, opposing team got the ball, it was just... Full throttle. Let's get up as quick as we can. And the game was in Amsterdam. The game was at the Dutch National Stadium, in, or the excuse me, I think it was at Ajax at it the Johan Cruyff. Yep. Yeah, and it's a home game for the Netherlands. Ukraine could have easily sat down. Yarmolenko does what he does best. Right, come off the right wing, little one-two, curls it, and who is in goal for the Dutch? Um, Stecklenburg. It's the IX backup yeah. will now starter because Onana decided to take PEDs. <laughs> um, apparently Arsenal wants him, but it's all contingent on whether he's like banned for the next 12 months or not. So, uh, yeah, Stecklenburg just had no chance. The ball just kept curling around his hand. It was truly a beautiful... It was, it was why they call it the beautiful game right there. That's, a, that's an RBB back yeah, in FIFA that was a 12. FIFA OP goal right there. And then Uremchuk with the header, bro. That was just... Perfectly played, didn't make a mistake at all, flicked it like knowing myself, I missed one of those in the conference championship against North Park. It's so easy because like feels like the that was whipped in, but a lot of times those balls feel like they're in the air forever. You don't know if you should go back across or try in on the near post. He got everything right and just tucked it away. It was a beautiful finish. Yeah, uh, and I, I think uh I think for the Netherlands, um that exposes some weaknesses mm-hmm. defensively. 
Um, if Virgil's back there, different story potentially. Yep. Yep. And Mathis Delit also out of the game. He's a little bit banged up. I think we might be getting an appearance from him uh, later in the tournament. But I think if the two of them are back there, we might be looking at this Netherlands squad a little bit differently. Because, I mean, those guys are two of the best defenders in the world right now. And, yeah, that's that's exactly where you miss them is those, those aerial threats, especially against these uh, other teams that might not have as much on the attack. You know that they're going to look to try and get these um, aerials and get these header goals off set pieces. So you're going to be missing your two biggest defenders. It's unfortunate, but they they somehow find a way to keep strutting on. And uh, questions, I guess the big talking point in the in Holland and in the, in their media is, Frank DeBauer, I guess not a lot of people are fran- fans no, of Frank DeBauer. that was going DeBauer. into the tournament. Going yeah. into it. Because um, they don't like that he's playing the 3-5-2. He refuses to play anything other than yeah, 3 So, uh, funny story. During training for the Netherlands one day, someone got one of those little planes, and they flew their little plane over the stadium and said, play 4-3-3 really? while they were practicing. That's so, awesome. So Yeah, they, that goes to show you how much they really want these Spent their own money on a plane. That's awesome. Um, and then questionable substitutions. I thought these ended up setting them up pretty well. They looked very dangerous going forward. Um, the Ukraine goalie made some very nice saves. So I guess the uh, 4-3-3 I didn't think came in too much of a question. I thought they were set up pretty well, but... I think the big talking point was the substitutions that he decided to make when they were up to nothing. He wanted to get some guys out, give them some rest. He took out Daly Blint. He put in Nathan Ake, who was pretty good. Got an assist on my fantasy team. I'll take it. <laughs> he took out Memphis Depay. He took out Van Anholt. He made some substitutions there to you know, kind of lay back. He thought the game was in hand, so I'm sure he learned his lesson there. And those are big goals for the Ukraine. We talk about goal differentials, so to only end up losing by one there is big time. And perhaps uh, the Netherlands, they could have easily crumbled, um, but somehow, some way, they find a way to win 3-2. And uh, the media will rip them apart, but I know when they get in that locker room, they're going to be happy about that result, regardless of how it happened. And they're putting the blinders on that last 15 minutes is behind them and they they got to keep moving forward against uh a very winnable group and uh, apparently i'm not really too sure how it works out now with these extra spots but i guess they have a very favorable path to make it deep in the tournament just given the other groups that they'll match up with in the knockout stages so they're looking good i really like what they got going forward like patrick said there was question marks with their attacks but uh, Dumfries looked very dangerous as well. He ends up getting that pivotal header goal. So I think uh, I think the questions about their attack have obviously been answered. And like I said, they have a very winnable group. Austria, North Macedonia. Um, I I think the Netherlands are def- definitely going through. And uh, yeah, overall, good performance. Just mental lapses. You can't be having that. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited to see what they do going forward. Uh, Ukraine, Zinchenko played in that six role, which you kind of expected to see. You know, he's the most technically gifted guy on that squad, probably. Um, they got, who do they have? They got North Macedonia. So two big games for everyone involved. Um, yeah, if... Austria with the 3-1 win over North Macedonia. Austria did look good once David Alaba started playing. Exactly, in the exactly. Because as we've seen in the past... It's when he got his assist, right? He got a beautiful whip ball it. in. He whipped that ball in. And uh, 
when he was younger, he's, he kind of played uh, out wide at times. He played in that midfield for Austria. But, you know, you want to play the guy in his most comfortable position, which currently is center back. But when you look at this Austria team, he, he's the best player on the team. you you got to get someone like David Alaba as much touches on the ball as you can. And as we saw, once he started playing in that center midfield role, the game opened up. And like we said, he played in a beautiful ball. Yeah, yeah. Going backwards, uh, Belgium took care of Russia 3-0. Uh, shout out Romelu Lukaku beast. for someone that is that large of a human being and to be able to just have the technical ability that he now has, which in the earlier stages of his career uh, kind of lacked, uh, all props to him. I mean, he's so technically talented for someone that's so large, and we saw that with uh, both of his goals. I mean... Uh, both of those goals were tough goals, I want to say. Uh, that first goal, pretty unfortunate for the Russia defender there, but he makes the most of it, and he uh, he's in a strong position to push for a golden boot spot. He is, he is, and he's the fastest to, or he's got, what, 66 internet? He's got some crazy stat line. Uh, he's, like, gotten to, whatever he's gotten to, way faster than Ronaldo, way faster than Zlatan, way faster than anybody. He's been balling, and he... Thrives even more so with the with the Belgian national team, and that 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 lineup looked like kind of the lineup they're gonna go with going forward. You know, I think that's probably you can bring in Hazard, uh, Thomas Mounier with the goal and assist coming in early when who went down injured, Castagna went off in the twenty seventh minute minute <laughs> Castagna minute. <laughs> uh, Thomas Vermalen is somehow still making the Belgian national team, which is crazy to me. Uh, I feel like he should have retired ten years ago. But this is a deep team. They got Dennis Pratt playing for Leicester City. Uh, they got Michi Batshuayi off the bench. They Trossard. Got Trossard. They, they got Benteke. They got plenty of attacking options. Um, I still think they have some weak points. Oh, yeah. Yana Carrasco starting up top on the left. Um, I'm not a fan of Obviously, Harris, but... they have Eden Hazard, but he's been out of form. He's been banged up. Um, I do think there's weak spots in there. Uh, Dundonaker is pretty good, I think, when they start getting out of this group and they have to play against some of the big dog midfielders, I think Dundonaker might be hurting. And obviously we don't know when Kevin De Bruyne is going to play because that would be KDB. But uh, Yuri Tielemans bossed up the midfield as we He's all expected. He's so good, man. So good. Um, but, yeah, I, I think uh, overall right now the big question marks for Belgium are uh, Thorgon Hazard, Castagna, Amunier I think should have started that game. And then the big question mark, Yannick Carrasco um, and Eden Hazard. So I think they still have question marks, but this is why they're the number one team in the world because even with those question marks, they beat a tough Russia team 3 nothing. So Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And the key going forward is just get Lukaku the ball somewhere within the frame of the 18-yard <laughs> box. Like, you guys somewhere do, where he doesn't have to do much. Right. He you guys do all score. the work. You guys have fun. Do your thing. Give me the ball within the frame of the goal, and it's going in the back of the net. So that's got to be the game plan going forward. Yuri Tielemans can break lines. He can carry it from this defensive half forward. Dindonkers, that more physical presence in the air, plays for Wolves, was kind of the brutish guy. If that's what they're going to have to do going forward with no KDB, that's, that's you know, I'm okay with that. Yuri Tielemans is good enough now. He's got enough experience to make up for that. Um, and they just got to they got to feed him as much as possible. Ride the hot hand. He's he's unbelievable for for Belgium, and he's going to be probably the the biggest threat to our Portugal most team goals future is Romelu Lukaku, depending on how far Belgium and, goes. And those dang dagos. Those dang dagos and those dang Frenchies. 
But uh, yeah, so good for Belgium. Um, the other game in that day, obviously the Finland Denmark game. Um, I don't have too much to say other than I, I guess props to Finland. They get the win one nothing. Unfortunate that the game was played. I didn't end up watching a single minute of the game. I was out on the golf course. Shout out Griffin again. I got to play Royal Melbourne. That was sweet. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't have much to say other than the game shouldn't have been played and good for Finland for winning the game, I guess. So, um, you have any comments, concerns about that game? No. Uh, again, it was kind of, uh, I was coming back from the, the trial in the city, so I didn't catch any of it either. Um, just seemed like, you know, a game with a lot of tension once that happened and it, it was tough. I can't imagine how hard it must have been for those Danish players to go out there and take the fields. You saw guys like Lukaku crying after he scored and after that game, you know, and they were countries away. So there was a lot of things weighing heavy on their minds and heavy on their hearts. Um, the Finnish goal scorer, Joel Pohanpalo, didn't celebrate when he scored. You know, it was just... Just a, a tragedy. It really was a tragedy all played. the way around, and we'll leave it at that. Best uh, best wishes <coughs> to, to Christian Eriksen again. Yeah. So, lastly, lastly but not least, no, no, no. Um, Wales Switzerland was one one on that day also. But go right. ahead. Now your dagos. Yeah, I, I want my dagos. Um, I can call them dagos because I am half Italian. People forget that because I always say I'm Greek, but I am half Italian. I placed fifty dollars on Italy to win the Euro back in March. I placed another fifty dollars on them to win the Euro a couple weeks ago, and my dagos looked good. They looked really good. The question mark has always been, um, you know, they they're always going to be that defensive team, right? You know? They they're like the best defensive Chiro, team Chiro, Chiro. of all time. I want to say in the world when it comes to just looking at who lines up good for defensively. You know, the Italians are going to be good on the defense. Um, and this is just one of those years where I, I felt so confident with their attacking prowesses. Chiro Immobile is a bad man. I mean, that guy, you talk about Lukaku and all these other guys, he's a little bit different. Obviously not the same build as those guys, but you know if the ball's in the 18, Chiro Immobile's got a pretty good chance of bagging that. He did exactly that. He buries one. Lorenzo Insigne has been an absolute dog for Napoli for the past five years. I mean, they just they got really good attacking options, and that's why I felt so confident because I know they have the defense. They just passed off the reins to the greatest goalie of all time of Buffon, and they pass it off to the other Gianluigi, Donnarumma, 22 years old. He's going to be the starting goalkeeper for a very long time. He's arguably one of the best goalkeepers in the world at the young age of 22. You know that they have one of the best goalies in this tournament. And then, like I said, this is one of those years where – the cards line up right for this offense, and I, I really think they could do well. Berardi played very well in Serie A this year. Locatelli, Barella, they all played very good in Serie A this year. And Cherry Mobley has been one of the best strikers in the world for the past few years. So I felt really good about this team. I feel really good about their substitutions. And, yeah, overall, I just I got a really good feeling about those Italians against a Turkey team that Patrick was feeling confidently in. And I... You know, I might have things to say about Turkey, but they, <laughs> they, uh, they do have a good team. They definitely have a good team, and to go out there, and Italy just dominated from start to finish. Um, one of the big things that I was concerned about, I knew Turkey was going to sit back. How is Italy going to break them down? No problem. So I I felt really good about it. I'm very excited to see what happens with Italy. Um, big three points, big three goals. Yeah, I was in on Turkey just because you were so high on Italy, and I... 
kind of just I kind of bet on the Chiro Immobile doing great in Serie A, but not for the Italian national team. Kind of kicking in for one more game. Uh, I started Caglar Soyuncu as my captain in, in this game because I thought it was going to be a 0-1-1. One, one, you know, I thought it was going to be a dud of a game, um, and it was not. Italy came out to play. Leonardo, Leonardo Spinazzola with an assist at left back. This has got to be by far the most experienced back line. I mean, Florenzi started in Spinazzola's new, but Donnarumma, Chiellini, and Bonucci probably have like 300, <coughs> 300 caps between the three of them, you know, so... This and is you look at their substitutions too. They're bringing in Federico Chiesa yep. and Bernadeschi. I mean, they they got those Bellotti, options. Yeah, they, they got, got the options. They got a deep squad. They have more attacking prowess that they've had in recent memory. And they got no Marco Verratti in the squad right now. Yeah, and he should be. I don't know. It says he's, he's got been a, banged up. Yeah, he's got a knee injury. So whenever he comes back, that's a huge boost to the squad. So I, I you know, Jorginho played really well. Play yeah, well he too, did. So. I love my Italy future. I hope you guys took it. I have a really good feeling about this squad this year, and um, not yeah, too late for, to jump on that one. It's probably still like it's probably plus not seven hundred. I think. Okay, it's so only it's going only down. Going down a little bit. Yeah, but uh, yeah, for Turkey, you got to be disappointed if you're a Turkish fan. Um, they got a pretty good squad. There's no, they no, do. Uh, you know, they got guys the squad, that won the league. Guys that win. Yeah, they got a couple guys that won league one with Leo, as we were saying last week, and Hakan. I can never say his name. Chahanaglu, and then <laughs> he's their best player, right? And then they got Soyuncu, Demerol at the back. Like they got you know some experienced guys, as does everybody. Um, Sengi's under came on at halftime. They just need more, you know. They, they they sat back too much. Yeah, they did, and that's not Italy's not a team you can sit back against because they don't have that counterattacking threat really. Insigne is quick, but you know he's always going to cut it back to his right foot. Um, and Immobile's kind of blossomed into that true number nine. He's a really good finisher within the 18-yard, you know, within the frame of the goal, I should say. And, and he's going to have a lot of sex. <laughs> but uh, the last thing I'll Congrats, say about guy. my Congrats. Italians, well, you know the story about that. The last thing I'll say about my Italians, the first time they've ever scored three goals in the Euro. Very random Ooh. stat. Very random stat. And that just goes to show you, because they've won the Euro in the past, that just goes to show you how well of defense they play to somehow win a Euro with never scoring three goals. They made it to that Euro final in 2008 where they got steamrolled by Spain, but it's a team that has more attacking options than they've ever had. Yeah, so uh, from a betting standpoint, uh, there's been 28 goals scored. And that's an average of 2.3 goals per match. Right on the dot for two and a half. Right on the two and a half dot. Spain dominated possession with 75% in that first game. Didn't do anything with it. I'm going to be taking unders all Spain. Yeah. Every Spain game, I'm I'm taking an under. Italy with 24 attempts on target. So It was just just attempts. Total attempts, I should say. Domination. It was Uh, awesome. um, Hungary with... 22 total tackles and 58 total ball recoveries, highest after day one. Shows you how hard they worked against that Portugal team. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty much all the stats. It should be. Dude, it was a great match week one. I'm so excited for match week, week two. Only one scoreless draw. Yeah. Um, Patrick Schick, Ronaldo, and Lukaku all have two goals. And then Rafa Silva for Portugal leads with uh, two assists right now. And uh, other than that, uh, look at the matches Not, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, look quick. up what we got coming up. Um, we'll, we'll look at some big matches we got coming up, which, like I said, I shouldn't be saying that. Every match is big in this <laughs> tournament. Turkey, Wales, Italy, Switzerland, and then Finland, Russia are <coughs> tomorrow's games. 
I'm, uh, I'm backing the Russians to to beat Finland. To beat Finland. Um, Turkey Wales. That's a tough game. Wales seeing this this three nil score line's got to be thinking they need to get points after a one one draw with Switzerland. Yeah, I, I might be steering clear of that one. Yeah. Turkey knows how important that game is too. Um, Wales with the one point. If they come out with a win, they'll be looking pretty. So uh, I think I might be steering clear of that one. And uh, I'm going to be laying the hammer on my Italians. I'm going to lay the hammer on them. I think they get the job done against Switzerland. They're going to lock up that spot in the knockout stage. Um, yeah, lay the hammer on my Dagos. Thursday, Belgium, Denmark is the 11 a.m. game. Or no, North Macedonia, Ukraine is the 8 a.m. game. I'm going uh, Ukraine. North Belgium versus Denmark is at 11. We all know who we're betting on. Netherlands, <laughs> Austria is the 2 o'clock game. I'm going Netherlands. Okay. Friday, we got Croatia, Czech Republic. I'm riding the Czech. I'm with you on that. England, Scotland. England. Uh, yeah, the, well, we're hammering England. And then I'm Sweden, taking, Slovakia. I'm taking England big time. Give me the Slovaks, bro. I'm Give taking me. the Slovaks as well. All right. And then uh, that's the Group D and start of Group E. Second, Last game in Group E is Spain, Poland. Hmm. Ah, the Poles. I'm going Poland. Woo! Conrad, if you're listening an hour in, I hope you are. I'm backing your boys. Let's go. I'm backing the guys that put axe in their backpacks back in the day. <laughs> I'm riding the poles. Six weeks, man. It only took six weeks. If he knows, he'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, Hungary, France. France. Yeah, France. Gets and then the, the big game of the day is 11 a.m. Portugal, Germany. Germany's done. I'm going Portugal. I'm with you. Let's go. Right. I hope it's 3 0 again. I hope they run it up. I hope they run it up too. Sorry, Germany. Sorry, it's all my Sorry, German Joachim friends. Lowe. I sing in a German choir. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Joachim Lowe, if you're listening, your farewell tour is not going to end well. And then, uh, yeah, that's, that's it? it. That's it. And then starts up again. It's match week three. All right, guys. Match day three. Longest episode ever. Hour really? and one minute. Oh, so, uh, didn't even feel like it. We were having I fun. I was enjoying that. So it's it's a fun tournament. It's a fun summer. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, follow, we will follow, be back. Follow, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. follow us on Twitter. Tell your friends to follow us on Twitter. Follow, follow, follow. If you guys have been listening for this long and you're not telling your friends about it, then what are you doing? What are we doing? What are we, we doing? Come on. Let's go. We like talking to you, but we want to talk to your friends, too. And we, we want to talk to your friends' friends. Yes. We want to talk to your moms, your dads, your cousins, your aunts, your Get uncles. your dog to, to listen. To sit, sit him down, you know? So, okay. If you know a veterinarian, play it in the office. It'll be perfect. But, uh, Thanks, yeah. guys. Thank you. We'll be back next week. Peace.